Hello and welcome to episode number 323 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I am your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Good, good. We are back with uh, another TV special. Um which it's been a little while. Have we did we do one post Stranger Things? I can never I was, remember. I was then thinking like is has there been one post Stranger Things? Probably not. Like we talk a lot of TV, but I don't mm. think we've dedicated a show to it for quite some time. When was Resident Evil before or after? Before, I think. Was it? I don't even know at this point. Um yeah, it all blends in, doesn't it? But yeah, we kind of uh had to call an audible on this one as we had like upcoming movies to discuss anyway um but as we kind of got through in this you know we'll, we'll obviously discuss it shortly um but i remember watching episode three last week and being like we need to uh do a proper show on this tv show um because i don't think we could have done it justice just talking about it randomly at the end of an episode um and of course this is a lot to talk about as well this is eight episodes and even calling them episodes feels weird because it feels more like eight short films um oh, for sure not and sometimes not even short films really yeah exactly calling them short is also yeah not maybe not the right word um but yeah we'll get into that there's only a couple of news items this week that we can blast for incredibly quickly thankfully um because i just want to get to it um this first one just a small update on scream 6's release day um paramount just were jiggling some things around and they've moved it forward three weeks um so yeah we'll be the ghost faces return march 10th which we must be incredibly close to a trailer for this one i was gonna um, say like we're yeah, like unless it's going to come in hot and they they do what we've seen with a few films lately where it's like a month or, you know, even a month or so before. But I don't I can't imagine that with Scream. Scream typically releases as quite early. So I would be stunned if we get through this year without a trailer for this film. Um, but who knows? Like it, th- this is a very quick turnaround, obviously. So maybe they don't have like post-production is going to be leaving yeah, it late. Like, guys, guys, we haven't even filmed it yet. Like there's no trailer. <laughs> exactly they're like oh shit we need to actually get this thing out and now we're moving it forward um so yeah I, i'm looking forward to happen with happen with one of the other screen movies yeah they, they kind of did that with two like, and three kinda, yeah like it was it was kind of chaos where it was like okay we have this date and uh mm. yeah so who's the killer guys <laughs> <laughs> exactly and having a whole you know different hosts of scripts and changes but um but yeah, yeah they didn't do themselves any favors at the, that time either with the fake scripts and everything but you, no. you gotta love it yeah, for sure. It's part of the legacy at this point. Like they did a lot of that with the new film as well, so I'm I'm sure they had to do it with this film as well. To uh, in in today and age where like pretty much everything leaks um, mm. on a daily basis, like video game world is just hilarious right now. I can't remember the last major game that didn't leak before it was announced. Um, and yeah, it's I guess that's the world of secrecy that they try and live in that world. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll be. Uh, there's not really too much more to say about Scream at this point, other than until we see a trailer, really. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll move on. And this this other one, this isn't even that relevant to us because I know this is a show that we both did watch and then stopped watching, which I think is even pretty rare for you. This must be one of the only shows that I think rare. you actually gave very up rare. on. Um, is Westworld? Um, yeah. How much of this did you watch? Did you give up after yeah. season two like I did? Yeah, two seasons. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. So uh, it's been cancelled, um, which I think is pretty shocking um, because HBO typically don't do that. Um, mm. And to think about just how on top of the world Westworld was after season one, mm. um, people will forget and they'll try and rewrite history. But season one of Westworld was like astonishing for HBO and it was massive. Everyone loved it. 
um, you know, critical and commercial acclaim. And I think one of the biggest issues, I mean, I, I remember really liking season one and thinking, I don't know where the show goes. And then as soon as season two started, I hated it. And I, it was a show that I should have gave up earlier, but I saw through season two. But by the end of it, I was a hate watcher. And I was like, no, I am 100% done. Uh, there wasn't even a part of me that wanted to come back for the later seasons. Um, whereas... I think one of the biggest issues was there was two year gaps between every season. Um, and we've talked a lot about that recently about, you know, you really need to keep the momentum going with TV shows. And it's like a fear I have with a lot of them. Um, but this was one of the first ones that kind of, yeah, 2016, then it was a two year wait for till 2018 for season two, then 2020. And then it was only season four this year in 2022. And I think to kind of, that is just too slow in this day and age. I think it, the other thing as well is it's remarkable to me that stranger things, was able to accomplish what they did after a three-year gap um because to me that's with the cast you know the cast is young as that as well yeah like i feel like you're just stacking the deck against yourself when you're waiting that long and and for for people to be invested in a storyline and characters and have to wait literally years to get the just another part of it not even the conclusion is wild to me so i think it's again it's almost shows just how good stranger things is is like i don't think of any other show that could come back after three years and do what they did um but yeah westworld's is gone um and i guess neither of us will miss it the only other small point about this is funny is they'd already signed the actors on for a fifth season um so and they have to um honor those contracts so yeah it's rumored to be about 15 million dollars um that hbo will be sending out to the actors and it's funny because the last season cost a hundred million dollars um because yeah hbo is just insane with tv shows so that that was it would have been about that again so they're like oh do we want to commit to like an extra 85 to actually release because it was going to be a final season as well um mm. that is what's weird about it is like i, I am stunned because i thought why wouldn't you just do it but then you think well if no one really gave a shit about the show it wasn't that good is it worth hbo spending an extra 80 million dollars plus i think yeah, I, I wonder if something like The Last of Us plays into this as well, because I do think they are looking at The Last of Us and House of the Dragon being their two flagship shows. And they probably yeah. think, well, we could spend that money on these two shows rather than Westworld at this point. Um, it's one of them where, you know, it just shows how dangerous TV is and a lot mm. of TV where, you know, I'm sure there are still huge Westworld fans out there. And yeah. it's like you don't get a conclusion to that story now. And like mm. that, that sucks. And especially when, you know, literally actors are getting paid to just not produce season five like fair play to the actors i don't blame them but it's like man that that's that sucks like it, it's a harsh reality of the commercial world where it is you know yeah suddenly last of us numbers are tracking like crazy house of dragons done well and they're like nah, we yeah we don't need this show we don't need this 85 million pound investment when they're putting up when they're putting up the demo and giving us giving us the the numbers that we need yeah it's um, wild like yeah. it's uh you know we talked about the witcher stuff only just recently and like say mm. it's it is one of those things that being a fan of a tv show is always risky you know you mm. you never know where it's gonna go you're always better off just waiting for these things um or until they get a, a kind of a conclusion because yeah there's so many i mean just there's so the history of it with hannibal and yes. even ash versus evil dead to a certain extent like there's so many shows that you you commit that time to and like I say, I'm glad now that I only wasted, you know, I enjoyed season one of Westworld, did not enjoy season two. The Witcher, I only watched one episode of season two and liked it, but I'm no chance am I ever watching any more Witcher now, knowing that the, the direction it is going in. Mm. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it's just, season two of The Witcher as well, for the record. Yeah, 
I think everyone did. And like, I, I wanted to watch more. It was just one of the things I never got around to it. And now I'm like, oh yeah, I'm kind of glad I did. So where are you at with The Witcher? I can't remember if I asked you it last week. Like, are you going to watch season three next year, which is no. obviously Henry Cavill's last season? No, I don't think so. Like, because that's already been made, right? Like, yeah, or, or it's currently so, in production or something like yeah, that. But yeah, so I just, you know, it's not going to be a conclusion if it was a conclusion to his story. But all, you know, I, I'd be interested to see what what the what the description is of it. But my, but my gut feeling is no, because yeah, it, it's it's presumably not going to end. And then if there is, if it is literally going to be called Witcher season four with mm. the same actors apart from Henry Cavill, like I just I just can't comprehend watching that. And then. So why invest another season into something that I know I'm going to have to stop watching anyway? Yeah, that's the thing. I'm, I'm like, it's not 100% clear, clear. You're absolutely right. Because we all just kind of got it from a Henry Cavill Instagram post. Like this wasn't even from <laughs> Netflix. or Yeah, this wasn't from Netflix or anything like that. So, so like you say, it could be a different direction. It could be set in a different time period. And, you know, Liam Hemsworth is just the male lead, but he's not yeah. playing the same character. He, he is like, another Witcher. Like the Witcher, yeah. by definition, is not necessarily Geralt of whatever he's called. You know, it yeah. could just be another Witcher. It seems like it's not. Yeah. Um, so in, in either way, I think that's like, say, yeah, that is a softer transition, but it still sucks because he's by far the best and biggest draw of that TV show. So, yeah, it's a weird one. Um, TV shows be wild in. But um, oh, yeah, and just a very small update. The um, that Last of Us date that we talked about was true. It kind of got oh, announced. Yeah, yeah. Day. So uh, with a lovely new poster, um, 15th of January. Also great news that it looks like we get it day and date in the UK. Nice. I thought we would because, as we discussed, yeah, Sky Atlantic, were already Atlantic had the trailer. Yeah, Sky yeah. Atlantic are pretty good with the flagship shows. It's it's the it's the Chuckies of this world, and and <laughs> now these days, American Horror Stories, where it's like, oh yeah, you know, you might get it, you might not. I mean, it's um, more films as well in general. Yeah, like they yeah. they seem to be more of a problem. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, easily like you say, we'll we'll be talking about that a lot next year i'm sure mm-hmm. um but yeah shall we shall we talk about a different tv show let's do it let's talk about guillermo del toro's cabinet of curiosities So yeah, we kind of featured this in the news. We knew it was coming. This uh, new horror anthology uh, series on Netflix um, presented by Guillermo del Toro. Um, very much in the sort of what we saw with Jordan Peele doing in Twilight Zone. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of these types of shows over the years. Um mm. But uh, it's always nice when you put like a name and a face to a project and, and obviously someone like del Toro who has so much money in the bank when it comes to fantasy and horror um, and genre in general. I think that anyone who doesn't respect his name at this point just isn't paying attention. Um, and so I think that he's one of the best names that you can put on any project. And it's it's always that kind of great thing when you get a 
a filmmaker like del toro who is at the point in his career that he can just do whatever the hell he wants um like you you think about his calendar year for us because obviously we got nightmare alley this year so he he directed nightmare alley he's now presenting cabinet of curiosities and then he's the co-director of pinocchio which comes out on netflix next month as well which is an animated film so like these three vastly different projects that are clearly all just passion projects as well. I was going to say he's living love. his best life. That's what he's doing. Yeah, and and I'm just so happy for him because it's it's all good shit as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, kind of this is as we mentioned, pretty. It feels we've seen a lot of these anthology shows. They've been they vary in quality a lot. I think consistently yeah. Creep Show has been one of our favorite ones. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I think the last season wasn't as good as season two, but you know mm-hmm. we still like it overall. Um, American Horror Stories has been complete trash. I think the the revival of Twilight Zone season one was not was okay. Season two was pretty good, and it was a shame because it was definitely on an uptick mm-hmm. before they stopped doing it. Um, but they have been very wild haven't they there hasn't really been yeah. like the one um even black mirror when, when we started the show black mirror was like <clears throat> easily the best of these and even that had you know an an, an iffy well, last showing on netflix i think i think the thing about these sort of an- anthology tv shows are you know especially the horror ones i think it can't feel like a record record where it is kind of or not even record but like an anthology just horror movie where they don't really have an identity. It is just a series of short stories on, on, for a TV show. And I think that's what American Horror Stories just, just felt like it didn't have an identity. Whereas I feel like Creep Show, they feel like Creep Show stories. As you're mm. watching them, you're like, oh, okay, I understand. And I think that was why, like like I said, that's why I wanted to take VHS out of that category. Because when we recently reviewed the the um, most recent shot of VHS movie, it was like, oh, it, you know, VHS has this identity now in this anthology horror where where I kind of know what the shorts are going to be. You know, I know that they're going to be very zany, et cetera, et cetera. And I think kind of, I think that's so important for an anthology uh, IP, you know, to to be one that's sustainable and not just a one and done. You've really got to have an identity as to what you are. And I think... Mm. You know, moving on to kind of Cabinet of Curiosities, I think that just just as a preface before we get into episodes, like I think like instantly the show has this very strong identity, you know, obviously, you know, Del Toro at the start and this cabinet and his little intros, you know, that that's fun. And, it, you know, it's Jordan Peele in Twilight Zone. It's fun. But I think when the actual shorts or not so shorts, when when these segments start, when the episodes start, each one of them has this level of polish to it and this kind of it feels like a movie and it feels and, and as we get to like you know latter episodes i'm like oh okay yeah this feels like a cabinet of curiosities episode like very quickly i, I think it found its rhythm and found what it is and i think kind of um i think probably the first couple of episodes helped that mm. um you know and it just it feels very del toro and you know it feels like this anthology world you know it doesn't it didn't feel to me like um he just put his name to an ip and went cool let some people make some shorts and i'll do some intros for it these do feel like curated stories that del toro has selected the filmmakers he's looked at the art and decided yes it's worthy for my project you know and 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 i think that's something that that um it's almost my biggest takeaway from it the the um 
you know, there'll be, you know, we'll go into our segments and we'll go into standouts and, and lesser and greater episodes and everything else. But I think just overall, it was the consistency of the quality of the filmmaking and the, the kind of consistency of these all feel like they are cabinet of curiosities. You know, I completely understand what this what this IP is and, and going forwards, I understand what it what it now will be. Yeah, uh, it is crazy, isn't it? How like quickly mm. they got that across where mm. they, they obviously there is some variety to it, but they do have yeah. a lot of similar themes where it's either dark fantasy or gothic. It's a lot of period stuff. You know, it's there are certain things that you can point to. Obviously, there is quite a few that break the mold, even yeah. in just this this first season. Um, but that that is something that obviously speaks out straight away. But then, like I say, the fact that one of the main things when I think of now in terms of style is just consistent quality um where like say i didn't feel like i was watching a tv show at any point during this i think it especially post episode three because that was when it kind of clicked for me where i think i was expecting something more similar to creep show in a sense of oh this is like short segments that will just have a fun reveal and that'll be it um and and it wasn't until episode three when i realized like no i'm watching films that are an hour long rather than two hours long basically um Mm. because yeah like i say the way they shoot the way they're shot you know we're going to talk about individual directors and stuff but these are you know there's a lot of directors on here that are clearly first of all film directors and second of mm. all that at least three or four of these we've specifically covered films of theirs yeah. for this podcast um so it kind of shows that like it's kind of wild like as we get into it some of these names and and the fact that they are just you know if you want to boil it down to it an episode of a tv show whereas the reality is a lot of these names people have been desperate to see what their next thing is which people thought would be a film and it's actually this um mm. so that's a real pleasant surprise as well um yeah definitely but yeah i guess sort of getting into it um obviously episode one uh lot 36 um mm. directed by uh, guillermo navarro who is sort of a former i believe cinematographer for um del toro um yeah. i don't think he is currently um i think he's kind of wanted to branch off and that's why he's now directing but i know i know um he was the cinematographer pan's labyrinth where he kind of won the oscar and, and you know, obviously loads of technical awards for that film um and i think since then he's kind of broadened his horizon wants to be more of a, a, a director um but yeah kind of this, that's it and this is also one of two stories um that del toro has a writing credit on so um yeah it's only the first episode and the last episode which is kind of like it's based on a short story by del toro it was weird wasn't it because a lot of the episodes still say created by Mm. like as the credits roll but obviously they're just talking about the series as opposed to the the short whereas yeah like this one is specifically the short um but yeah our kind of you know with this one it's um our lead is this ex-vet who basically he buys contents of a storage locker. What the hell are those TV shows called where people basically bid on these storage lockers that are, people have passed away or stopped paying or whatever, and they buy these kind of random lockers and see what's inside and see whether they struck, strike gold. And so he's kind of brought this locker with the view to pay off his debts, and um, he gets a lot more than what he bargained for when he starts to kind of unravel this lot. And basically there's just a lot of witchcraft and, and weird items, weird artifacts that he finds and has to discover the origin of mainly for his own financial gain. And in the mm. end it becomes to his detriment. Yeah. 
I mean, this this is a pretty basic episode. I think mm-hmm. I think um, it actually probably this and the first two is probably why I was thinking more of a creep show vibe. Well, these on. are shorter. The first two are significantly shorter than the other six. Yeah, and, like and the, they are, and they are very. You know, th- this one, yeah, you can kind of see very early on the direction this is going, and and you just kind of the the big question really is how far they're going to lean into it. Are yeah. they going to fully go into it, or is it going to be a subtle little thing at the end? And you know, I think you know that's the main thing. I I think the the lead was was um, hilariously unlikable. Yeah, it was. Of, we've talked about yeah. that a lot this year, haven't we? Where yeah. people writing these characters to be sort of intentionally annoying for for mm-hmm. whatever reason, and and obviously sometimes it can work and sometimes it doesn't work. But yeah, he was clearly wrote as an unlikable character. Mm. Which is a shame because normally, you know, you'd have this ex-vet who is down on his luck and maybe being a bit, you know, horrible to people or whatever, but but would have this redemption arc. Yeah. Whereas, whereas with with this with this one, th- there really is no redemption arc. He just basically hates the world and hates everyone in it. Yeah. Um, and you know, he he's he's awful to everyone. Just yeah. Absolutely awful. Um. You know. So when he starts to get his just desserts, it's kind of. You know, it, it. This is the one that I feel is closest to a creep show. Yeah, where it, where it really is like, oh, he. You want to see him get his just desserts, and then the the the, the final act of this movie is kind of the payoff. And, yeah, you're uh, for that, episode. aren't you? Yeah, like you're just yeah. watching it, going, okay, cool. Like I know this the premise. This is all well made, but I just give me that reveal now, and I'm yeah. like, and when I get there, I'm like, yep, it's cool. It was fine, but I think this one, there's. There's only two that I don't really have strong thoughts for, and this is definitely one of them. Um, I don't know what my least favorite was. We'll discuss the other one as well and compare the two. But I think this was definitely one that isn't as memorable for me. Like, I still think it's good, which um, will be a consistent thing that I will say throughout this. And it only speaks to the volume of the series. But I think when I actually think about story... um, performances direction and kind of how i felt coming out of it this this isn't one that left a big impression on me yeah i i think so i think this one's just a, a more generic one really i think it i think the big thing about it is probably the the feature kind of design that we get to see kind of later on yeah. i think i think that's the thing where i was like oh it i think it helps being number one for that reason it kind of eases you in with a shorter one and it's kind of like you know it it feels del Torre because of that reason convent you know it's kind of you know the second people think of del Torre, they they instantly think of creature design and these kind of you know um weird kind of worlds that he builds and then actually if you kind of scratch on the surface and actually go into him you know his work deeper there there's a hell of a lot more that makes it authentically del Toro. and i think as the the season go on it, it it almost kind of works that way where the first two episodes are very kind of creature design heavy and kind of you know the 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 easier way to be like oh yeah this is like a del toro thing and then the latter ones is more of the subtleties of of what makes him a great filmmaker yeah um, i can i completely agree with that i think we may as well move into the second mm-hmm. one now seeing as you obviously just mentioned it and i do think they are pretty similar um yeah. <clears throat> but yeah um episode two uh graveyard rats um which is directed by vincenzo natale who uh we have covered for the show um he directed 2019's in the tall grass which was that sort of stephen king novelization mm-hmm. which that was like an interesting or as yeah, joe hill stephen king one, it? Yeah. Um, yeah like that had so many awesome ideas like that's the 
still has visuals and moments that I still remember. Mm-hmm. But I remember as an overall movie, it was just kind of frustrating. Um, but I remember because we were, I, mean, I think it had a really good trailer as well. Like, I know we were both excited for this one going yeah. in. And then, yeah, like I still think about some of the visuals early on as well when you don't know what's happening in that field. It was really cool. But yeah, they just, I don't think the final act really worked. Um, but yeah, what's what's this one about? Again, pretty pretty basic premise. Uh, actually, probably even more of a basic basic premise for this one. Yeah, exactly. We're we're kind of what what sort of period are we set in for this kind of? Oh man, I can't remember. Nineteenth like century, I guess. Yeah, not like, too long ago. Um, I'm th- reminds me, like, I don't know where this was set, but I was thinking of like Jack the Ripper, yeah, London. That's why I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's basically yeah, it follows a story of this grave robber who is stealing the riches off corpses kind of after they've shortly been buried uh but he has competition uh and that is in the form of rats that are <laughs> um stealing the bodies slash valuables of the recently deceased from the uh graves quicker than he can dig them up and steal from mm. i mean jesus christ that's a that's a synopsis isn't it yeah, and it's it's funny because it actually the more I think about it, the more it is it, super similar to episode one in a sense mm-hmm. of like again he's a grave robber, our lead character. Yeah, yeah. So he's written as someone who is obviously not a good person, but he's not in the same way as um, Nick was in the episode one, where like there is actually a charm to it. There is like a, a funny like I, I don't want to go out and say this is a funny episode because it's, it's not, but it definitely has humor, and I think that it just is done in a more interesting way where yeah he's kind of like uh pretty much a scumbag for doing what he does and he but he kind of knows he's a scumbag and leans into it and so the fact that he has this feud with just rats in general is is very enjoyable and i think that this is this is a super short episode and i am glad that it was short because that synopsis is extremely basic um off the top of my head i feel like it's only about four scenes in this whole thing really you know it's a couple of grave robin scenes and a couple of scenes before and after and it and it's all it really needed to be wasn't it yeah i think with this one it kind of you know it is one under 40 minutes and i think Mm. it's closer to 30 and i think it is you know it is because it is so simplistic and actually you know I would have, if, if it had gone on more, it would have been frustrating because I think for me, I enjoyed the first half. I enjoyed the setup. The second he kind of, you know, goes into the grave, um, it, it, it kind of loses me a bit where I'm like, oh, okay, now we're just getting, we're getting this cool creature design, but it's kind of, I don't know. I just, I just kind of, it didn't really hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and I, and I was kind of, I enjoyed seeing the world and kind of him like th- there's a scene where he's kind of in the, the morgue trying to kind of, he's like, he, his thing is kind of getting fill-ins from people um, yeah. is where he gets a lot of money. And he, he was asking like the mortician, can he take the fill-ins now as opposed to like when they, when they, he buries him, he's like, come on, save me a job. And like mm. all of that. And then like people turn up and he has to hide up and stuff. And like you say, it was kind of, you know, it, it was, it wasn't funny, but it, it had this kind of dark humor to it, and I, mm. and I was I was on board with that more than actually when we got to like this creature movie with him with the rats, um, and it, it all looked good, but I just it just wasn't for me as much then at that point. I think I'm with you because I think it, it was fun to have him having people in, to interact with. Yeah, I think it is difficult to keep that energy when it's 
a, a guy on his own he's obviously still interacting with the rats but that's just so much harder to perform and write when like he's literally got nothing else to bounce off so yeah mm-hmm. i do agree that like is and i'm so glad that they didn't think oh all of these need to be an hour because yeah. an extra 20 minutes in this would have just killed this short and i'm glad because i came out of this still thinking yeah this is good i enjoy it but i think the first two are good i i personally preferred this one slightly more but i think the first one is probably crafted better and definitely has a better creature i just had a bit more fun with this one um mm. but still a very good start um yeah. but i think we uh we have to talk about uh, episode three the autopsy um as i sort of briefly mentioned this was the one that i watched and was like we're doing a show on this um because this this segment short episode whatever you want to call it i mean i almost want to classify this as a film mm-hmm. um just to wonder how high it would get in a top 10 really because like i fucking love this um but what the hell is it about Ooh, what is it about as well um directed by david Pryor, who um i we've not seen any of his stuff he did direct the empty man which was this kind of 2020 right. weird uh, i looked, remember like it looked bad but then it kind of got this like weird cult following afterwards so i still don't know if it's because people think it's shit but enjoyable or if they genuinely think it's good like i don't know i kind of want to see it now though definitely true true um but yeah the autopsy is basically this kind of local town where there's been this um mining kind of disaster and multiple wild the start this is like the first like 10 or 15 minutes is portrayed in such an interesting way isn't it because you really don't know where it's gonna go i was i was like that i i almost thought i'd it almost like lost me in the fact that i was like i don't know what the hell's going on and but yeah basically when it when it kind of settles down there's this there's this mining disaster and um there's five or six people that have died in this mining disaster and the sheriff knows that there was well he thinks there was wrongful doing because of how it went down and kind of wants an autopsy done on everyone asap kind of under wraps and and he wants answers as to what's gone on in his small town basically and so the um the coroner is kind of called in um it's kind of like is it that he's like a uh um retired or almost retired or he's almost just doing this as a favor isn't he to the to the yeah. sheriff and and it's not in in the morgue it's kind of no <laughs> so some like it. it's, it's some like meat factory or something it's like a yeah. an abandoned like it's just, yeah it's just near the the place where the cold disaster happened there was like a building and they've turned it into a makeshift morgue he's like yeah we've got the temperature cold in here like <laughs> you, don't, you don't mind that it's a terrifying building you're going to be in on your own overnight he's like no i'm good bro i'm just going to do some autopsies yeah um and and yeah basically it's the you know, it is the craziness of him unraveling what went down via the means of a good old fashioned autopsy. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously you're a fan of this one. Yeah, I, I mean, straight away, just him kind of in, the introduction to the characters and the way they kind of set up the story, like I say, was super unique and awesome. And I think the fact that for the first sort of 10 or 15 minutes, I had no idea where this was going. And so I was just thoroughly entertained and was like, oh, it's kind of like a whodunit mystery, murder mystery. OK, is that what this is going to be? And then that kind of gets solved. And so it ends up turning into, you know, basically autopsy of Jane Doe, where mm. we where we have this guy. He's talking, recording it through and he's just like trying to discover what happened and it's it's a weird setup because 
we've seen what's happened but obviously we don't know the full context to why it happened um and i think that's another interesting wrinkle because they could have just not shown us any of that but i think the fact that they do choose to show it but we just don't know the motive is what really drew me in because obviously we find out the motive later and it's so goddamn interesting um so all of that early stuff and then yeah him just doing the autopsies finding all these similarities and spooky weird um things between the bodies was so cool they then started that's when it becomes the horror of like him thinking he sees or hears something and that to me was really tense and spooky and i think it's just because i was so enamored in the story that i kind of forgot it was like a horror thing so when they were like oh there's a creepy figure talking to you now i'm like oh shit like it really caught me off guard um but yeah the the more we delve into it 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 was just one of those stories that the the more it unravels it becomes 10 times more interesting as each different scene goes on and and every scene past it just makes the scene before even better and it was i'd never seen such an amazing job of like ramping up the tension with the reveals for like 20 minutes straight it it really almost reminded me of how you feel watching the good saw movies where it's like when it all comes together you have this sense of like excitement where you're like oh my god this is so interesting and so well done um and this is done at a much slower pace because it is mostly just people talking but my god i just thought it was so well done and i think the reveals where they go super unique and interesting and things that we just don't really see enough of you know we talk a lot about like this this delves into tropes where you know later on we have some more traditional just haunting stories whereas this is like weird unique awesome stuff that you just don't see enough of um and i and i thought the main performance as well of the the kind of the autopsy guy was just phenomenal um so i i absolutely love this i think as a short film or a film under an hour or whatever you want to call it to me this is a 10 out of 10 like i I don't know how you could make a film better that's an hour long i really don't I, i i just don't have a bad word to say about it yeah i mean i i think i think it is the standout of this season for sure and I think, um, you know, I, I'm probably not as high, but I'm still high on it. You know, mm. it's, I think it is the best of the season. Um, There's the, one uh, other very good one, which I'm very excited to talk about. Yeah, um, that'd be interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I really like this one. I think the, um, you know, the, the, the like I say, the, the big thing about this is the premise and how unique it is and how it doesn't, it's not conventional you know it, it the only thing is that it is incredibly similar to the autopsy of jane doe and that's not to say this is bad or good and better or worse but like i'm i'm happy that there's a second film short film whatever you want to call it that that's exploring this this really interesting subgenre of horror because i think the like this world of autopsy and autopsy doing an autopsy on a body that all is not what it seems. And then it like messing with you. I think when you talk about the ramping up and everything else, I think that's exactly what Jane Doe did. And I think that's what this does where it does mm. it. It does it so well where it's like each one you're kind of unraveling it. And, but the thing that makes this one more difficult to achieve is that he's on his own. Yeah. You know, there, there's two people in autopsy of Jane Doe. And I think that's what made that movie was that those two could play off each other. And one could get scared and one could bring down the other and, and everything else and vice versa and, and backwards and forwards. Whereas this guy's on his own and he's basically talking to the sheriff in a personal recording mm. where he's basically said, like, I'm going to give you my autopsy reports that are for the book, but I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to talk you through the whole process so you get a full understanding. And it's through that videotape, uh, video, um, so tape recording, that you get the... Um, 
you know, him unraveling it in his own head and also talking himself through the different things. And I think, you know, that was essential. Um, yeah. you know, otherwise we'd have a silent movie mm. and, and, um, you know, it, it, that shows the strength of the, the lead performance because suddenly you're playing off just yourself, yeah. you know, it's incredibly difficult. Um, and we then, talked yeah. about so much on the show how hard that is to achieve when yeah. it's just you on your own. Like, it, God, it's so difficult. It's crazy. And then, and then, obviously, when it when it goes there and when it has its reveals, it, yeah, it, it was fantastic. Like, it was a. I wasn't expecting it at all. No. And and I think it was just such a fun, you know, different story. You know, you've got this different avenue of the autopsy being the crux of the horror but then then what it even spills into i was like this is you know this is um you know every, every term was unexpected right and right until the final beat of it so yeah i mm. think you know like i say for me this is the standout of the series um yeah for sure we, we talk a lot as well where it's so mm. hard to nail the landing and i think yeah. that is what was so good about this is the best part is the ending even though all of it's equally awesome yeah. whereas like it just keeps going it keeps going it keeps going and then the second it ends it was like oh that last bit was the best bit and now it's over and i loved all of it and like god yeah. that that's what i mean it's so rare because you think we, we've seen so many great movies this year even last week we saw a fantastic movie in barbarian mm. but we you you had a lot of little things to pick at um and again it's not you know not always comparing these things it's just interesting because we literally talked about that last week but i feel yeah. like if we treated this just like a film i i don't know wh what would be the thing where i'd yeah. be like oh no this is the thing i'd have to pick at it would be one of those conversations like a a northman where you just go nope it's a sum of it all of its parts and all of its parts are just equally amazing i think that's um, the thing like you know it, it, and and the ending is so important you know nailing the ending can elevate a good movie to a great movie mm. and if it's already great and then you nail the ending because you know i remember a long while ago when we spoke spoke about annihilation and how yeah. i said to you that like that i was like an hour in this is my favorite movie of all time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, i was like oh my god they're nailing everything and then they just like they don't nail the last 20 25 minutes you know yeah the like, doctor sleep syndrome exactly yeah yeah <laughs> you know it happens a lot and and so when it you know i think it should be plauded and it, you know it's because it's not it is the sum of its parts, but the last thing you get is, you know, the final taste of a piece of cake is the bit that lingers in your mouth. Yeah. Um, and so it's got to be good. And, and yeah, they, 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 they smashed it. So, yeah, moving on. The uh, God, It's very hard to follow it up, but I, I think mm. they did a pretty good job, and I'm glad because it, it was a much, a, a, a very tonally different, which I appreciated, mm. um, yeah. and, which is called The Outside, episode four, um, yeah. directed by Anna Lily Amapour, who her sort of massive big standout was A Girl Walks uh, a girl walks Home Alone at Night, which <laughs> I never... <laughs> did you see yeah, that I, No, I never saw it, but no. I just always remember the title and like saw it on um, Netflix and kind of massively at the time and obviously mm. this was just pre-podcast and you know we were kind of watching a few things like it follows and stuff but obviously not watching everything and so like obviously this would have been a movie that had that we'd have seen had we had the show then but yeah i've, I've always wanted to see it because it just got universally loved you know it was yeah. almost like a, um like a tigers are not afraid of its yeah. time wasn't it um yeah. but yeah that was kind of her big standout mm. um but yeah I, I for what i know of that film i think this seems to be very different um yeah. but uh yeah what what is this fun little little thing about yeah this this is your quintessential anthology kind of story to me mm. like in uh, not in a bad way because i watch a lot of anthology stuff because i like it where 
Yeah, basically, uh, Stacy is our lead, who is basically just trying to desperately fit in at work and feel comfortable in her own skin, ultimately, where she feels like a social outcast and she feels like she doesn't like the way she looks. Um, and so she begins to use this lotion that she kind of, she gets like, kind of she gets invited to like a work christmas party where she gets this lotion as a gift and mm. it was uh, i i didn't i i was really worried that they were gonna like be like pick on her massively and yeah. they really didn't they didn't do that um and and it like ultimately i kind of posed the question in my head like why did they invite her because yeah. like, they, they didn't really want her there and I really thought they were going to carry on her and like do some sort of mm. horrible prank on her. And it was like, no, they just kind of invited her because she's their their work colleague. And they, I guess, they just kind of was like, oh, she won't turn up, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she kind of basically, yeah, puts on this lotion. Uh, she puts the lotion on the skin, <laughs> and it starts to uh, have a reaction. Um, she she starts to kind of yeah get <laughs> go down the rabbit hole of. She thinks this the lotion is slowly working, but is it just burning her face off? <laughs> it's the ultimate yeah. question. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. And like you say, this is such a segmented setup, you know, where, yeah. where th- this is one that you could easily see slotting into Creep Show. You know, it yeah. feels like um, that segment in the original Creep Show with Stephen King, where he's kind of like yeah. slowly becoming that um, greenery <laughs> thing, whatever yeah. the hell it is. Right. But, yeah. um, it, I, I, I thought this was awesome. This was another tonally completely different because this one is trying to be just, again, I don't even know if comedy is the right word, but it's very weird and zany. And I think that mm. this one was easily the best directed up until this point. I think it it really stood out to me how much they were getting from so little, where even in these interactions when Stacy's like talking to the work friends, like the way it's shot and the way the camera is put so close to people's faces in such like an uncomfortable way. Um, um, just did such a good job of getting across exactly how Stacy felt in those in those situations and why she felt like she wasn't good looking enough to be in this place and just all like again just the way it was directed I think perfectly gets across the entire message of feeling uncomfortable and wanting to fit in because they put you as the viewer in this awkward space where I felt awkward watching it and I was like oh that's so clever how she's able to do that just to, uh, based upon um, shot composition so I thought the direction was just outstanding in this one um but yeah overall it was i really really liked it it's an easy super easy premise that just slow builds Mm. really fun conclusion i think you know if i'm being picky it could have gone a bit harder with the conclusion because i feel like it's almost the thing before the thing is actually the thing yeah um (laughs) it's like a thing happens and i'm like oh that's crazy and that's awesome but then it turns out that's actually the big finale of the movie. And I don't know about you, but I thought there was going to be another scene that would top that. And there wasn't. Um, I still thought this was fantastic and I would definitely rewatch this. It was so entertaining. I think so too. Like it's one of these where it's an incredible slow burn and, and really, you know, she gets the lotion very quickly and it is just uh, this rabbit hole of, of her performance and her slowly, Mm. you know, getting, getting worse but buying more and getting sucked into this kind of world of it and i just think like yeah on on paper i shouldn't have liked it but but it was but it was so well executed in both direction and our leads kind of performance where she was she was so fantastic in being kind of 
you know, innocent and likable and, you know, very, um, very well acted at being like uncomfortable in her own skin and kind of wanting this change and forcing this change. And I think kind of, um, like I said, I think these, these sorts of segments normally would have picked the easy option. The friends would have been real bullies, real big bullies. And I, and I don't think they are bullies to her. They're just, mm. she's not in their crowd. That's yeah. all it is. And, and then she would have had a piece of shit husband. And it's like, she doesn't have a piece of shit husband. He's not there a lot, but when he's there, like he just likes the monotonous routine of their life. He doesn't yeah. want anything different. And he's like, I love you just the way you are. I don't want a crazy life. Like I like coming home and eating chicken wings. Like, you know, I mean, who doesn't like that? I really thought um, his character was awesome. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that, like you say, they stayed true to that. Of like, yeah, he yeah. was just a simple guy that wanted a simple life and was actually happy with where he was in life. And I'm so yeah. glad they never changed that right until the very end because I was really expecting some sort of thing, heel turn, you know, and anything to mix yeah. up. I'm like, no, I'm glad that we we talked about that last week, you know, and how like it's actually really nice when a character just stays true to what you've set up and 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 not just like gimmicky in the sense of like, oh yeah, we're just going to throw this in for the sake of it and this was yeah and, and it it makes those final scenes so much more impactful the fact that they definitely. did stay true to it um definitely yeah. i think as a supporting kind of actor like he he did a great you know a great job for the, the moment he had on screen to really nail that and i think you know when those two together you can kind of just see how they've they've just they've come unaligned you know she wants something different for herself and he's you know he's just like I'll support you, but you really don't need to. And then when it starts to get bad for her health, he's, you know, he's trying to get her out of it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. I think it, you know, and like you said, when, when we get to the final parts and we actually get the kind of conclusion, I found it, you know, pretty satisfying. I think, you know, I do see where your point, um, I think the whole kind of her being a taxidermist in her spare time as well was a great, mm. like that's always a great, again, <laughs> like a great trope. And it's just like, you know, early on when she she's like, oh, I've been invited to this party. I'm going to do a really I'm going to get him a really fantastic gift. And instantly I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, fucking hell. She's going to she's going to stuff a squirrel, isn't she? Like, please don't. Please don't give him a squirrel. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and it's just like um, you, you can just see the the literal rabbit hole that she's going to go down with it. And mm -hmm. you're like, oh, no, please, please don't stuff an animal and give it to him as a gift. And and so yeah, I thought that was great as well. There was multiple times in this show, in this episode, where where you know exactly what the character is going to do, and you're just willing them not to do it. Yeah, but yeah, it, it was a really good segment. It it always goes back to Psycho, all great things. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I thought this was fantastic. I think this is probably my third favorite overall. But I, yeah, I think this is absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, moving on to episode five, uh, Pikmin's Model, um, which is uh, directed by Keith Thomas, who uh, we have covered one of his films this year um sadly because it mm. was a firestarter which was abysmal um Went great no it was it was trash um but it hopefully this was better what is uh what is pickman's model about so this is based on a hp lovecraft short story i believe, I it believe is. this one um where a um <laughs> an art student basically um meets another art student whose mm. terrifying kind of artwork disturbs will um kind of 
to the point where he doesn't know what's real or what's not anymore. Yeah. Um, and we kind of meet Will in his student days initially. And then, and um, was it uh, Richard Pickman? And yeah. Pickman's model is the artist that kind of he meets and kind of he, he's like the, the, the lead art student will, and then kind of Richard comes along and his crazy artwork is, you know, causing a stir, stir and it kind of, you know, it almost kind of shatters Will's mind. Um, and then we kind of meet Will later in life. He's married, got a kid and kind of, you know, moved on from it all and is opening an art gallery and kind of Pickman and his art comes back to, to haunt him. Mm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, a very strange one. <laughs> um, I think this this was the one that I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure this this is the one that kind of it's it's up there in length of the season, and it was mm. the one that I struggled to get through the most. Um, I think it just kind of there are multiple parts where I, I didn't really understand what was going on. You know, we have this artwork and we have the, him having this effect on Will, and I'm kind of like, who's the bad guy in this, and and what? what is what is going on ultimately where i'm like is will losing his mind is pikmin tricking him is it just the art that that's causing that on multiple people i don't know i found i found the whole thing quite confusing and, and not satisfying really and, and yeah i wasn't in love with this one yeah i definitely liked it more um it's not one of my favorites but it's definitely not one of my least favorites i thought the i thought it starts really strong i like anything to do with kind of like weird art and and that sort of thing and i think that's a good setup to a short yeah, film the, 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 the start is very strong i agree um and i liked visually what the art looked like as well i thought the way they kind of portrayed it on screen with the sort of unsettlingness the way it slightly moves i liked all that stuff i thought overall like the two lead actors are so good in this one which i think is what carries it through to ultimately i think being good but on the lower side of good because i think that it is it is for sure too long um i think like everything up until the time jump is great and then once we get the time jump i was like okay that's cool and then it did it just didn't go anywhere that was when it it, it like it jumps forward in time to then really slow down which mm. was weird and, and kind of bizarre and yeah but by the end of it again some awesome visuals and creature stuff but much like episode one where i'm kind of like i was waiting for it for at least a good 15 minutes before i got it um and when i got it it was great and i think that's why I, it's very similar to how i feel about episode one but i definitely like this one more because i like the visuals and the characters and the performances a lot more in this one but i think as sort of an overall craft it's very similar to episode one um it just kind of vibed with me a bit more but it's definitely one that i'm struggling to remember the kind of minutiae of it i can very i can remember the cliff notes version of like oh, i really like the two lead actors i like some of the visuals but i'm already struggling to remember like will's um interactions with his you know girl his partner and kind of how that progressed and and, and sort of exactly what happened like how was he able to overcome this i'm like oh yeah i can't even remember that stuff at this point mm. um but I, again i thought this was good like it's it's kind of wild to me that even the the lesser two i still think are good um, yeah i think i think that's my thing coming out i i think like already like with these episodes as we're talking about um the the thing that makes me like the common denominator is i'm like the quality is high mm. it's good I feel like a lot of them just 
weren't akin to my tastes more than anything. Yeah. Like as we get into kind of latter episodes, I start to feel that way more and more. And it's kind of like, yeah, they're, they're all exceptionally high quality. And I think that's the biggest thing coming out of it. But like, I enjoy it because of its quality, not necessarily because of the stories it gave me. Yeah. Um, and this is definitely one of them, but yeah, moving on kind of, uh, what is it? Dreams in the witch house next? Yes. Um, so yeah, episode six, uh, directed by Catherine Hardwick, who, uh, we haven't, uh, covered, uh, any of her movies, I don't believe. Um, but she did direct Twilight, weirdly yeah. enough. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Um, but, uh, and she was an executive producer on Don't Worry Darling, so that's about as close as we've got to covering okay. her stuff. Um, but yeah, what, what is this one about, other than being the, uh, the segment that brings together Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings? I was going to say, what more? What more do you need? <laughs> um, I had to say it before you did. Yeah, fair plays, fair plays. <laughs> I'm a little bit upset. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, um, yeah, this is another, I think, Lovecraftian story. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, this is a, a famous um, one as well, I believe. Yeah, where basically Rupert Grint is the star of this, where he, as a child, his are they twin twin sister? yeah twin mm-hmm. yeah twin sister um uh is ill and ultimately dies kind of in front of him but he sees her transition into the spirit world and kind of sees her kind of firstly transition to the spirit world and then secondly more troublingly gets dragged away by an unknown force slash entity and kind of get her spirit gets dragged away kicking and screaming and we kind of then cut to um the uh current current kind of day him as a grown-up and he um is a researcher in the kind of dark and supernatural world and has kind of dedicated his life to to finding out what happened to his sister kind of prior to his sister's death he was kind of like the young uh pianist wasn't he i think um it was uh, that that was kind of you know and had this passion for that and he's kind of dropped all of that and he has dedicated his life to finding out what happened to his sister and he kind of stumbles upon upon this um drug that basically can transport you into the mysterious kind of spiritual world and for a short period and he's trying to re-establish a connection with his sister by the aid of this drug i mean yeah what could go wrong with that hey (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Um, but yeah for me this was um one of the weaker ones i would say um I mentioned at the start when I was talking about episode one, I'm not sure which one was my least favorite. It is between episode one and episode six. Um, I still think it's good again. Um, but as we, you know, that premise alone and, and watching it, that is, is easily the least I was interested in, in any of the episodes because it is just a more traditional spooky, you know, ghosty stuff, which I'm not that into. Um, so right off the bat, it's kind of like, okay, this isn't a world that I'm immediately invested or interested in. Um, but again, I did like it. I liked the the kind of setting. I liked the characters and the performances. Um, I like this whole idea of this guy who's just kind of ruined his life mm. in in search of something, and and then him getting this such a small lead that is like almost nothing, you know. And his friend has like given up on him at that point, but he's like, I know that this is all I can commit to. So I like all that stuff. It was just the middle for me that was like when he's just doing the drug trips and we're getting more of like the other world it just wasn't keeping me interested long enough um i still think there's some great stuff in here like i think the combo of the 
you know this is mild spoilery i don't you know we've, we've probably we've kept this pretty spoiler free which has been good but um this is a very small spoiler for this episode like the the combination of a of a fire witch with a talking rat i find very entertaining um <laughs> so i liked visually and what they were going for that sort of stuff so that was good and, and again coming out of it i still thought this was good it was just did this consistently entertain me as the other ones no it was is this an episode one that entertained me the least but i still thought it was good yeah, I think this one, I, I like it more than where you've come from, but I mm. don't know whether I'm in a right place to judge it because <laughs> I'm just very happy to see Rupert Grint, to be honest. That's fine. Um, and so just, he was seeing him, good, he? Yeah, just seeing him in a, in a kind of lead role in, in this kind of horror IP just made me happy. So I, I think that's why like the bits that were slow – I was still enjoying seeing Rupert Grint, so therefore I I was like, okay, cool, you're taking this drug for the fourth time. You you have at it, Ron. You do what you need to do, bro. <laughs> um, you should just, yeah. watch um, Servant on uh, Apple TV because obviously I that's really the, the like, yeah the M Night horror show that he's like one of the leads in. Yeah, I really should like um, <laughs> because I just need more Harry Potter people in my life, and um, <laughs> you know, obviously being a huge fan of radcliffe's kind of genre work i think yeah. kinda, you know seeing grint now kind of do this sort of thing i think it's great and like i'm excited for that um but yeah i enjoyed the story i think um you know i can't disagree with what you said that in the middle it does get slow but i think that the visuals do do see it through and then i did find it kind of satisfying in the end and yeah i mean who, who doesn't love a talking rat um <laughs> i think as well just visually the way that looked because yeah. cause listeners that are haven't seen this episode, they'll they'll have a distinct picture of a talking rat in their head, and I can guarantee yeah. their picture is wrong. <laughs> Definitely, uh, as as would mine have been. Um, and I think I think that visual was fantastic, and um, you know, and 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 some of the others. And so, yeah, this is categorically not my cup of tea. But I think with it being Rupert Grin and the visuals that they pulled off, it, it actually was something that I ended up enjoying. Mm. Yeah, um, and I think it just speaks consistently of how good this goddamn show is. Of like, yeah. even when I'm speaking about my two least favorites, I still speak about them more favorably than not. Um, but yeah, moving on to episode seven, uh, the viewing, um, <laughs> directed by Panos Cosmatos, which uh, is not only by far the best name to say out of all of these, um, but he is kind of. I, I think this is easily the most exciting name attached to this project because obviously his last movie was Mandy, and mm. that blew up massively um over four years ago now and people yeah, have been really like, desperate for his follow-up to mandy um and I, I believe it's necrocosm is kind of what he is doing but it just doesn't have a release date and we just don't know anything about this film and so the yeah. fact that this is now what we've got after four years i think is gonna um massively kind of fill that gap for people that have been waiting for the, his follow-up um yeah there's there's a clear reason why these the the last two segments were the last two segments because they're oh, yeah, 100 names attached to this this um <laughs> yeah this 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 series other than del toro definitely um, but yeah but what yeah, is the what is Christ. the viewing about man i mean i love the i love this show mainly because it's a bitch to synopsize <laughs> um because like each episode is just so you know the, the setup is so crazy where you're basically a incredibly wealthy man uh, ho uh invites kind of four guests to his weird self-built mansion uh for a once in a lifetime experience mm. um <laughs> and craziness ensues 
You know, I mean, I can't really. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no point to say anything else. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, I'm really curious how you stand on this one because I feel like this is going to be a very divert, um, divisive episode where people are really going to love or hate this, which is almost kind of the, the same reaction that Mandy got. And obviously, I mean, not really because so just as a just as a sort of smaller side, you know, for to refresh people of our thoughts on Mandy, we didn't like obviously nowhere near as much as most people. I think I remember we both had a massive problem with the first half of that movie. Yeah. Um, but I remember thinking that the visuals were unbelievable. And the second half when like Nick Cage was actually doing shit was awesome. He was, he was um, Cage, yeah. yeah. But I mean, well, yeah. What, what did you make of this? First of all, I'm very, I'm very interested to see yeah yeah i mean i i kind of like i was interested after you said episode three there was one that, that rivaled it um because, well, there's two more so we don't know which one i'm talking about tr- true but i think i do and um <laughs> <laughs> and yeah for this this one for me i i like this one i think i gotta be honest with you my my level of like enjoyment of most of these is fairly consistent yeah that's like it is just a consistent i like these i'm not like knocked off my chair but i like them and i think that's how i am with this where i I like the setup a lot i like the characters i like the intrigue i like this kind of you know we we get to see robocop um kind (laughs) of uh being kind of this this eccentric kind of you know, wealthy guy who we don't know who he is. He's inviting all these random people that we're trying to put a connection together. And um, at the start, wasn't it? They were like, oh, we've all been on reality TV shows together. And like, they're even trying to figure out their connection. Mm. And, um, you know, I think, I think that was fun. And then kind of like, as we start to delve into it and he's like, oh, I've got you your favorite drink. Oh yeah. There's this other like cool little thing. How's that? Oh yeah, here's a crazy experimental drug that we've made. Try some of this. I'm like, man, like I could. You're just screaming at the screen to tell these characters to stop, and it's kind of like it was a great. Um, I felt like that was a great representation of peer pressure. <laughs> the, the, the 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 he chose perfectly our our kind of host who to pick first, and he knew right if I can make one domino fall. By the end, when I get to the kind of lady kind of scientist who was, you know, if she'd have been first, she wouldn't have taken it. Yeah. When, because she was last, she took it 100% from peer pressure. And I thought that was a fantastic, just in its own little kind of part of this, this short. Um, I thought that was a fantastic representation of that, where it wasn't heavy fisted and it wasn't kind of heavy handed. It was just like, it's just inevitable. By the time it got around to her, she had no choice. Well, I think um, it, was, it was more the musician as well because I think she yeah, she everyone. was like third, wasn't she in the circle? Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, just just all of them. I think just the whole the whole I kind of domino effect. It was yeah. Yeah, it was teared perfectly because she kind of had mm. like the author who was just game for literally anything. Yeah, and it was like um, the the kind of psychic guy who was being easily egged on by the mm. author. So he was like an easy number two, and then yeah, it was the physicist that was like, yeah. oh yeah, I think I'm I'm down to party, but I am a bit more reserved. Whereas then yeah, the musician was the only one that was straight up like he never would have was he like a um ex-addict or something didn't they say like was that not remember. Yeah, i'm not sure but either way yeah but anyway i thought that was i thought that was a fantastic part of it and then obviously 
once the drugs are in the system all bets are off <laughs> mm. and and yeah i i definitely enjoyed it uh but but yeah when it started to go like real batshit crazy it was just this uh, uh, yeah it, it's very similar to mandy you can see that this i think this is a follow-up that that fans of mandy will will very much enjoy um because you do get these crazy visuals towards the end yeah i mean i absolutely loved this like i think eat from the again the second it started and it's like throwing all these characters together i found them all entertaining but just from a visual standpoint like this is outrageous i i think it's the, i said it like at the time um but i think this is by far the best directed out of all of these um and I think that it's visually just on a whole other level. The, the, the fact, looks like, stunning, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, like production design as well. Like, it's just insane. And, I mean, this is basically 40 minutes of people talking in one room. And, like, again, that's going to work with some people and that's going to not work with others. And I absolutely loved it. It was just visually so interesting. The performances from, from literally all five of them are just so, so good um, and, and work and counteract each other so goddamn well. Um, and, yeah, when it goes goes there like this was one where i think we talk about it when when you're invested you're not waiting for it to go there and so i mm. think that's why stuff like pikman's model for example it starts to lose me because i'm waiting for the reveals and then you get them and they're cool but this is one where because they've got so much cash in the bank at that point i'm not waiting i'm just invested and interested and then it's like oh yeah i forgot i was just happy to watch this cool trippy fascinating conversation um and now i'm gonna get a bunch of awesome horror shit which is so cool and and yeah, like this, from a technical standpoint, a visual standpoint, I think is by far the, the lead. And it's the one that, like, people need to flock to. And, and especially if you, you enjoyed Mandy. And this is one that is, I'm such a huge fan of this, that I need to rewatch Mandy now. Um, because I think that I'm, I probably will have a better time with it on a rewatch. Because I just think from a visual standpoint, um, he was doing things that I don't think any other director is doing. Um, and it was it was so enjoyable just from that standpoint, let alone it was really entertaining. Like Peter Weller was so good with with everyone like again consistently the acting in this when you're dealing with an anthology and we've said that before when you're not getting actors for um you know a multiple run or a movie the caliber of actor they were able to get through every single one of these again it feels wrong to say episodes rather than the collection mm -hmm. of films was absolutely stunning you know there's and there's I, I love the mix throughout this whole thing as well where there's so many familiar faces but so many people that i've never seen before and they were equally fantastic which is what i absolutely love so yeah if it wasn't for the autopsy making me feel things that i really don't feel too often and just how goddamn exciting and the unravel was i think from just like a technical and visual standpoint this would have easily been my favorite but it's only one step below like i, I don't think i'd give this a 10 but i'd give it an extremely high nine i think um, looking at looking at um this and the the outside of the two episodes where i'm like i just yeah. wanted to kind of sit there and just see more of this slow build happening yeah. i wanted to see her slowly just melt her face off and and eat chicken wings and with this one <laughs> i just wanted to sit in a room and have a good time and like chat yeah. more um and yeah it was almost like when he was like oh i'm i want to show you something in the other room i'm like hang on mate yeah hang on the, the evening's only started mate like chill your boots put on some some more weird music um because because yeah i think actually it deserved more of an explanation as to kind of like you know because because i enjoyed kind of seeing them like slowly fall into that trap but yeah it, it was it was it was really good like i say i think i think with all of these consistency and the the caliber 
of the filmmakers like like you've said the filmmakers making these and the actors is just insanely high for this entire season yeah we're like obviously we'll we'll do a conclusion shortly after this next one but we we've not seen an anthology show like this not even close i i don't think in terms of just overall consistent casts and filmmakers and the actual output of what we got um but yeah episode eight the finale um, the murmuring which, um, mm. yeah, as we sort of briefly mentioned, uh, directed by Jennifer Kent, who, of course, kind of two massive films in the genre, um, The Babadook being the sort of massive breakout, um, and then the follow-up, The Nightingale, um, which we did do a show on. Um, and mm. The Nightingale is such a a weird film because I hate it. <laughs> I think it's technically amazing. But yeah. like I, I even thinking about wanting to watch that movie again, like like there's almost every other film we've ever covered. I'd rather see because it's it's too good at what it does, which is make me feel completely miserable. Yeah. Um, and, and that is definitely um, a hallmark of hers. Um, yeah, I had a terrible time watching that movie because it just made me feel like shit. Yeah, um, purely but, the intention. And I think that movie, yeah, she, he wanted to make me feel like shit, and like she yeah. did that. If you do it based upon intention, it's one of the best movies we've ever covered. But if you do it based upon my enjoyment, it's one of the worst. Like, that's what's so interesting about it. Um, but yeah, yeah. What, is, what is the murmuring about? Um, this yeah, is this... also the, the second and, and final, obviously, one, uh, which is based upon a short story by Del Toro. Mm. Yeah, so this one is starring uh, Walking Dead's Andrew Lincoln as well. Mm. This kind of return to, to genre TV. Mm. Um and yeah, he um, plays Edgar, who, alongside his wife Nancy, are these um, ornithologists. I think is the correct terminology. Uh, mm. Who um, they um, they study birds basically, and the the flock of I don't know what the bird is that they're trying to bloody study. Oh, man, they said it so many times. I know, I know. It was Stalin, was it? It was something like that. Yeah, it had it Lynn on the end. Yellow crested blue tip <laughs> um and they basically like they've got this like grant or project where they're gonna stay on this isolated island to study these birds basically and there's this house that they've been given access to that has this kind of shaded history and kind of as as they move into the house and kind of start studying these birds we get to unravel kind of Nancy and Edgar's relationship and their troubled past and Nancy starts to get more and more obsessed with the house and its checkered past as opposed to the actual studying of the birds. Mm. And, and yeah, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, this is a really interesting one. I think, like, right off the bat, this this is easily my favourite thing Jennifer's done. Um, I think that it still has a lot of the things that I don't enjoy in her work, which is, you know such a grounded misery that is so rare in in sort of any form of media where it's just so real and and it really makes me feel uncomfortable like you're dealing with these two characters that are just miserable and the realism in that is like unbelievable because they're again they're this happy married couple that are like trying to put on a brave face and they're trying to focus on their profession and their hobbies but they just can't get away from like the sad reality that is their life um and that's what this whole thing is and it's beautifully portrayed um again for this is probably the second best directed one in my opinion um and i think all of that stuff is so well done i was so thankful that at least you get some sort of 
semblance of hope in this episode. I think that was what really it's very won me over at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like I was so like I was almost cheering where I was like, "Oh, thank you, Jennifer," because like you just didn't give us that before, and I need it because, and especially with this being the last one, like I was, I I do wish these last two were flipped. Um, I I feel like this would have been a better, you know, a penultimate one. I get it because it's obviously bookend by the two Del Toro stories, but I don't think the the opener or the closer should be in those spots um because i think this is yeah this is absolutely fantastically made um and i did actually enjoy it but i am being cautious using the word enjoy because i was miserable for a lot of it and again not because of the quality of it it's just it's about mourning and it's about being depressed and and trying to get over loss and all of that stuff these real emotions that make you feel shit and my god does jennifer know how to get that across and it's just not my bag but this is easily my favorite thing of hers um because like i said i think it has those moments of hope um i feel like she almost watched haunted of hill house and she was like yeah it's good but i can make it more sad Um, (laughs) and i'm like yeah no i was i was already good with the sadness level of that so yeah she takes it to another level for sure um and again performance wise it's just outstanding like and again we have a cast member who i know and andrew and 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 sa the who plays nancy who i don't know and and they're both equally amazing like fantastic so yeah i i again this is one that i think is one of the best but in terms of my favorites it's you know it's not in the top three because of how i felt watching it but my god is it quality yeah i think that's the big thing i think it's such high quality and and yeah i i think it probably is the again you know using enjoyed it you know cautiously the the my project of hers that i've enjoyed the most yeah because it gave me some hope because i think you know it's interesting that you mentioned um hill house because i was going to bring up mike flanagan i think no one talks about death and the realization of death and the meaning of death and almost kind of uh you know just a borderline obsession with it as as mike flanagan and i think that's what you know jennifer does in in her kind of projects where it is this this real life depression and this real life feeling of no hope and and you know that there's no way out and you kind of look at these characters and i equally can see where both of them are coming from and they're equally causing each other's misery where it's like you know nancy is feeling you know, the the start was a great, I, it, it wasn't too much in your face, but it was just showing this realization of she puts on the presentation, her husband is clicking the photos and then the event ends and everyone flocks to him. Mm. And I thought that was great. And I think, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as heavy handed as some of these things have been. It was just a, a really, because she just kind of rolled her eyes and went, yep, that's my life. You know, and it and it was like, damn, you know, and then and then when we actually get to realize their tragedy and we get to see kind of Edgar's way of dealing with it and trying to move on and trying to create, you know, this love and, and everything else. And I get that. And but but likewise, she, you know, Nancy is just broken and she she is she's not redeemable yet. She she can't um, come to terms with what's happened and she can't grieve or begin to move past it and i think kind of both of them are incredibly real and it's just very miserable Mm, (laughs) and that is the reality of what happens when you lose someone yeah um perfectly perfectly portrayed 
do I want to watch that on a regular basis? No, no, I really don't. <laughs> like, like yeah. I don't, I don't need, I don't need Jennifer to be too prolific with those sorts of, uh, with, with that sort of output because it is just very, very sad to watch, but it's very real and it's incredibly well done. You know, and it's- I'm really glad that she did this as well, because I do think now it, she has like clicked for me where like, I mm. understand it now that I, um maybe didn't fairly view her previous works because it th- that's why it had so much of like the emotion I, I was speaking too emotionally i guess mm. as i think that ultimately i now get why those previous movies worked so goddamn well um they're just not for me and I, but i am glad that this was somewhat for me even though it's not for me as much as other segments in this but i think mm. in terms of uh the actual quality i mean it's, it's obviously there um but yeah, that is obviously the final one. And so I guess like overall, as we've been touching upon throughout, like th- this is an unbelievable um, debut season of a show. I think like we had excitement and especially with Del Toro's name attached to it. But I, I did not expect it to be this good. I-, I think this is absolutely outstanding. It's one of the best pieces of-, of-, of genre we've seen all year across all mediums. And I think that it is like an absolute must watch for everyone listening to this podcast. And I think that even... Um, I think all eight episodes are worth your time for sure. And we talk about that a lot about whether things are worth your time. And I genuinely think they all are. But obviously, I think three and seven are like by far my two favorites, closely followed by four and eight, which I think are also very good as well. And and I think four and eight could easily be other people's favorites because they'll land better for them for different reasons. Whereas obviously three and seven really spoke to me. Um, But yeah, this is this is so good. And, And I hope and pray that we get more of this. Because this is perfect. Like, Del Toro clearly has a level of respect, which is so obvious, of course. It's Del Toro. Mm. But, like, he he brings a level of filmmaker and actor that is rare. Because for as much as we love Jordan Peele, he did not command that with Twilight Zone. That is no. a fact. Um, no, and we've not seen that with Del any Tor- other show. No, but, you know, you, you look at the, the length of career for Del Toro, you know. Of course. Because, you know, when... when you know, when we had Eli Roth throwing his name around on projects mm-hmm. and stuff, it's like, don't get me wrong, great filmmakers, you know, all three yeah. that we've discussed, but like Del Toro's longevity and yeah. um, diversification throughout the genres, you know, he goes away, he comes back, he does different yeah. things. You know, we literally just, you know, the the, the three projects that you spoke <laughs> about this year, like, you know, he, he, he can do it all. And I think that's why he commands that level of respect, kind of, you know, he really is in the elite. Um but yeah, for me, I think looking at this season, I think for me, episode three was a standout. And I think the rest of them were very enjoyable. But it was a lot of the time I felt like I'm enjoying it, even though it's not akin to my tastes. Um, and I think, you know, the, the last episode, you know, was, was a great kind of you know representation of that. And I think, you know, coming out of it, I'm like, OK, this season was really strong. And my God, if they can, if if we actually get like this work that speaks to me, this could be on a whole nother level for me. But but I, I still really enjoyed it, and I think it is a great debut of a, a show and one that I hope does continue. I find it hard to even comprehend, like you know the the how like they could actually produce a season two to that level. <laughs> yeah, because, I like I said, you know, as someone that, that yeah, like I say, I keep in my mind i'm like yeah it just wasn't quite to my taste a lot of it but it's the the quality man was just so high like like there isn't an episode where i'm like that was you know 
not on par. And I think that's why when I open my discussion and I talk about identity and how this 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 um, show instantly felt like, oh, okay, this is Cabinet of Curiosity. You know, Creep Show is going to be a little bit kind of zany and like eighties kind of slapsticky horror. It's like no. Cabinet of Curiosities is going to be a, a I'm going to watch it with my with my uh, monocle on and my pipe and I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to enjoy it and and yeah I that I did yeah for sure and I think that is the other thing as well is like this is a lot of content for for a season one you mm. know when you're dealing with anthology based stuff you know whether it's something like creep show that kind of puts two segments into an episode to, so in case if you don't like one you might like the other or vhs that is typically like five segments in a film this is eight films essentially yeah. and to pull that off and not have just one stinker like complete stinker in yeah. there is is almost unheard of let alone the fact that i genuinely think they're all good and, and are worth watching and then obviously for me there is like at least three or four standouts as well within that like it ticks every box for me um and i yeah desperately want more of this take your time get get other fascinating people and i, and I love this list as well because this isn't like when we go into a vhs there's a lot of names that we recognize and like next year's vhs for example there's already like two directors that we know and are familiar with and have liked their works but this is a list of people that i either vaguely know on the peripheral or whose works haven't landed for me in the past and they did this time you know like i didn't like mandy that much but i loved the viewing um and obviously we talked about the jennifer stuff as well so yeah th this was such a huge success and um netflix have they're an interesting streaming service because they cast a wider net than anyone else um yeah. their their whole mo is content 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 they want to give you a reason to be subscribed 24 7 um and therefore they're gonna have a lot of stuff that is absolute dog shit like resident evil and it's kind of mind-blowing to me that i that by far the worst tv show i've seen this year is resident evil on netflix and by far the best two shows i've seen this year are cabinet of curiosities and stranger things on netflix mm. so they have the absolute s tier of tv and the absolute f tier as well and i'm like <laughs> that that is just crazy to me yeah, it's impressive isn't it it really is and and, it, and I almost think that is the perfect way to describe Netflix of like, yeah, when it's good, it's really good. But when it's bad, it is painfully awful. Whereas there are other companies that will put out something like, oh, yeah, that was good. That was enjoyable. Um, you know, like Shudder consistently just put a good shit out constantly. Um, I don't think they have like as crazy of a wider spectrum. Whereas, yeah, Netflix just, man, when they hit, it's a home run. But my God, does it blow up in their face sometimes when they don't get it right. But I'm so thankful that this was. Um, and we've got two massive hits on our hands, I think, this year um but yeah hope people have, have watched it and enjoyed it as much as we did um but yeah we will take a quick break and we will be right back So yeah, just to uh, finish this off this week, there is uh, a movie that I've been waiting to discuss now that I mostly have my voice back, um, which I'm going to struggle to remember to even think what the hell happened I in say, it now. Like, I, remember, I remember you setting this one up. For, you know, I've been excited for like weeks to hear what you've listened to. Uh, what you've watched i think it was like three or four weeks ago and it's, it's ongoing because i haven't really been touching upon it but obviously i said i would do it and i'm a man of my word that i would watch the nightmare on elm street sequels before we eventually got around to 
the next episode of ranking Wes craven which will be on new nightmare um hopefully we'll get to that in december um but yeah i've finished them now um Ooh. obviously freddy's dead was the last one which i kind of wanted to touch upon and not to be a negative nancy because I, I genuinely had at least some level of fun with all the other sequels but freddy's dead is so shit <laughs> 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 like it's so bad <laughs> pretty bad it's pretty bad it's funny though because the one redeeming thing i will say is they all have at least one good kill in them and Mm. and this one does have like he like freddy's controlling a video game game it's really fun and stupid and i really like it with the one lies and everything but this is 100 percent like like say i'm so glad i now have the context perfectly going into new nightmare because this was freddy 100 jumping the shark it's it's no horror it's straight up i'm this zany goofball one-line character that just shows up for just those moments and that's it there's no cool set pieces anymore of like actual set design and, and so he's just showing up like waving yeah. at the people as they leave is it springfield what's it called no what's it called is it springwood springwood yeah springfield. Like <laughs> yeah 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 springwood yeah, something like there's, that. there's like people falling out of planes in this one and yeah. it's just it's so this film makes no sense. It visually looks awful most of the time as well. Yeah, I didn't have a good time with this one. On your 3D glasses, bro. No, I didn't know. Maybe that's oh. why I had such a bad time. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. That's not a true... You didn't give it a true watch. <laughs> you got to sit there with your 3D glasses on, bro. You should have let me know. I could have hooked you up. I'm never watching this film again. <laughs> uh, like, even the I fact... I owned this film four times. That is just disgusting. Um... <laughs> But because like Johnny Depp has a cameo in this movie as well, oh, yeah, which yeah, I, yeah. I just don't understand in the slightest. For, for some, probably his worst credit on IMDb. Like, right? he, he acts like he wasn't in the original, which is an absolute all-time classic. So I don't know how at a certain point, like I don't know where he was in his career when this came out. But it's it's really weird that they they got mm. him back for this film. But yeah, no, obviously I'm not going to touch upon it loads. But like I consistently enjoyed all the other ones. Um, mm. I think I thought four to me was a standout in terms of just because everyone focuses so much on three, which I think is great i wasn't expecting to like four as much i think the best Um, thing about four is obviously it's the continuation of three yeah and they just fucking kill everyone yeah and all the kills are so good for me three has amazing stuff as well like the puppet master kill and and like all these cool shits obviously in that cool location but i four for me had the ones that i really was popping for of like oh this is such creativity with freddy i really really liked four that was easily like the pleasant surprise of watching all these sequels because i think after that it was very much like yeah these are fun like the one like five was definitely disappointing because it had the same lead as four as well so i went off the back of yeah i went off the back of four being like oh i'm so happy happy she's in this again and like it is that was a big drop off but it was still like okay and then freddy's dead is just awful um so yeah i'm glad i have like the full context now and uh i'm excited i'm excited hopefully yeah like i said we'll, we'll, we'll i want to get to it this year um but yeah we're already like getting into mid-november and our backlog is uh hasn't slowed down especially no. when we're taking these delightful detours to discuss tv stuff but i don't i don't think we can wait another week to discuss pearl um no, uh, although although I I also very much want to watch Terrifier. Like we have, yeah. we, have we have two pretty exciting movies on there. Yeah, um, they're in different ways. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, I um I do want to mention a, another TV show that I've kind of finished off, and I don't think you've started. Mm. Um, and so I'll, I'll keep it kind of reasonably brief. But I have watched Midnight Club. All right, and yeah, I think, and I think like 
it's crazy to me that a uh, Mike Flanagan project has come out there and we haven't spoke about it on the show. Mm. Um, so I think like, I at least want to give it some minutes to just say like, I've seen it all now. Um, all, all 10 hours of it or whatever it all is. 10 hours of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was incredibly frustrated by the ending. It's an, it's a, it's a horribly dissatisfying ending in my opinion. Um, outrageously so um but the show itself is is good but but never really goes anywhere that exciting for me it's a hidden anthology show mm, yeah uh where uh, yeah the series of teens kind of tell these stories at midnight uh, in their midnight club and so we get all these stories and so the same actors are playing characters in each one of these stories and the stories are fun. Like a couple of them are quite interesting, but I never was invested in them because I'm just like in my head, they're just stories that these kids are telling. And I wanted to know these kids story way more. And, and we just got it very small little parts of it episode by episode to the point when I just knew that, right, each episode is going to be 10 or 15 minutes of them moping around. They're going to get to midnight club. We're going to get 25 minutes of a story that may or may not be good. And then we're going to get five minutes of jump scares at the end in the modern world again to set up the next episode. And it just became very formulaic. And, and yeah, my, my least enjoyable Flanagan um, show, um, you know, and I think, I think that's the reason why, you know, we haven't, you know, spoke about it as people that are so high on Flanagan. Um, but, but yeah, you know, and obviously, you know, it just doesn't have his DNA all over it. Um, it's always felt like a weird one for him to be attached to because obviously this is more of like a young adult thing which is you know not even remotely what he's done in the past um and obviously he's in that era now of kind of adapting stuff like this isn't a mike flanagan original by any sense no and he only Um, directed what the first episode i think uh, he directed the first two um, two, it's interesting that he has at least co-writing credits on nine of the ten episodes so obviously he did oversee it very much so like he did Bly manor but yeah it's I, I I will obviously start this at the very least, but the the fact that you're already saying like it doesn't have a satisfying conclusion, I'm like, oh man, because it's t- as well. And as we just glossed over it, ten hours, like... it's crazy. And 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 it's what I touched upon earlier when when I mentioned Flanagan. It that like it's just this obsession with like death, mm. where you know this show is terminally ill people that have just this this house is basically where they go not to have treatment, but they just go to die on their own terms. Yeah, and the Midnight Club is kind of just centered around all of that, so it's an incredibly depressing kind of setup, and just this overall, these characters just dealing with dying multiple times, basically, mm. and you know we got that in Midnight Mass in a way that truly, like, emotionally spoke to me, and and really landed, and I feel like in this, it just didn't land. It was just like. Oh, okay, you're just exploring death a lot. Like these characters are just, you know, accepting that they're going to die, then have hope, then accepting they're going to die, and and it's like these, they just go through the seven stages of grief like constantly. And I'm like, okay, like I get what you're doing, but it's just, uh, you know, fairly depressing and ultimately not that satisfying when we got to the conclusion. I think one of the the best things about Flanagan's work as well is his casts mm, and yeah, this yeah, yeah. this revolving group of actors. Obviously, this is a 
pretty much brand new cast. What what did you think of obviously just briefly, I guess, what did you think of overall this this young cast approach? They they were fine, um, but not great. Um I think the one of the standouts is a returning actor from <laughs> from Midnight Mass anyway. And um obviously we get uh Heather Langenkamp um mm. in this as well, which is um I thought she'd play a more pivotal role and it was really? fun to see her. <laughs> well just just I thought she'd be more like she, she is was expecting what we got of uh, Robert England and Stranger Things. <laughs> well no, because well yeah, but the first episode she is the head nurse right. and carer of this house so this house she is basically the only staff member in this house there's her and like another nurse that you see so like i thought she would be their main like conduit for like the medical world and all of these things but yeah there, there are multiple episodes where she just doesn't rock up she is a mm. she is returning throughout and funnily enough she pops up in a lot of the short made up stories by the kids as well as a character which is mm. fun to see but and and yeah obviously we get like you know raho Cooley and and a lot of the 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 other cast members that pop up in these segments but it just never it just never feels real because they're mm. just you know they, they do constantly jump out of the segments as well because different you know other teens will say something like oh you know that's bullshit change that and they're kind of like because they're because t- they're doing this story as they go along and it's like yeah i just find all of that just not enjoyable as a as a as a conduit for telling me a story um so yeah i i i, I wasn't blown away by this one um and and very briefly another tv show is um dharma oh yeah i've watched i've watched four episodes of that now right um I think I'm going to keep going just because I can watch it without paying any attention to it. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's you don't really, like it then? Cause people seem to no, really love it. No, I don't. I don't. It, obviously from the makers of American horror story. And I think it's, you know, once you get past Evan Peters, I'm like, this show has nothing else really. Where I'm like, okay, it's cool seeing that he can do that. Like it was cool with um, Bundy and, and these things, but I'm like, I'm just so sick and tired of these real life serial killers getting immortalized. And we've spoken about it before. And as I'm watching this show, I just dislike it. I, I just don't like when he's doing these horrible things to victim, these victims, it just makes me feel like really sorry for like the real life victims and the families of those victims having it shown on TV. Like it, I just, I don't know. There's just something about it that I've never been able to get over and watching this show. I'm just like, I don't like the way that we're putting him on a pedestal and this whole show is about him. And it's just like, I I just, I don't know. I just don't like it. And, and watching it, there are moments where I'm kind of, I can just try to not think of that and just watch it. And I'm like, it's okay. It jumps around time wise as well. A lot where we kind of meet Dharma at the kind of end of his, you know, pre-incarceration at the height of his, you know, murder spree. Then we get him incarcerated with police. We get him young. We get him at school. We get all these different timelines that are just jumbled all around. And it's all Evan Peters. And it's kind of, um, well, obviously he's very young in, in, in some of them where it's not, but like, yeah, I don't know. I just the whole thing doesn't really sit great with me. And and like you said, I've heard a lot of good things about it. But for me personally, 
it it's not good enough to get me past my own personal distaste for this kind of you know real life serial killers being being immortalized this way yeah that's kind of how i feel even not watching it and so the fact that you've watched it and still have the same opinion like i i don't think i'm gonna watch it because like i say it would have to do some things that i don't even think they want it to do or is even possible for me to overcome the fact that i'm seeing um a popular handsome actor play a serial killer Mm. busted all over the biggest streaming service in the world there's just something about that that will always feel odd to me um even if it's done the best way ever and it's award-winning and it's so well done i'm like but that's still ultimately what you guys are doing and yeah it just i again personal preference like i i'm i'm happy that people are enjoying it i'm always happy for Evan peters to be doing very well um and i'm sure people will, will learn from it um and i'm sure that there is actually like an overall good message to it other than just hey isn't it fascinating about this serial killer like i'm sure there's obviously more to it than that um but yeah for me personally there's there's way too many other things that i'm actually interested in to to even think about watching this and this is also like 10 episodes isn't it as well so yeah and that's why i'm not even sure whether i'm going to continue because it is just something because obviously what dharma did was was awful and horrific and they they do go there with it and it's just i i look at the i just look at it and i see a real life victim I can't, you know, and it's, and I just don't, I just don't want to see that. You know, I think it, it, it gets to a point where it's too real and I just, I don't get enjoyment from it. And that, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, well, we even touched upon it just earlier with feeling certain real emotions can sometimes feel too hardcore for us. And I think in general, like I, uh, I, it's a, it can I be, be taken away much... from an entertainment world. Well, I just I, I always want it. to be entertained, and I yeah. will always put entertainment above everything else, and yeah. that is what we've strived to do. And it's why Psycho Goreman was my number two movie of last year. Like, do I think it was the second best film made last year? Of course not, but it was the second most entertaining movie to me last year. And so that's why I'll always that's what I'll always judge it on. Like, and you, that's... you don't you don't believe that you actually think it is the second best movie made last year as well. Come on, well, no, it's the number one, but. Um... <laughs> Um, but we had to give it to our boy Edgar, so you know. Um, <laughs> but, don't, don't you take that away from Edgar? We're the only ones that gave it to him, goddammit, and we're not going to take it away from him ever. I mean, we might have to just give it to him this year as well, just because he deserves it. Um, I'm down. But... I'm down. Just, just FYI. Yeah for sure um but yeah like we said we've got plenty of stuff to talk about so um i cannot wait to get into our backlog like even like pearl and obviously terrified two are the big ones but we still have like deadstream on shutter that i want to see there was that movie piggy that sounded interesting and then we're getting into like there's actually going to be sort of maybe some cinema stuff soon as well um yeah. like we've only I'll got a few David more weeks yeah i know exactly that's probably in like what three weeks so we're probably yes, not better get through our backlog in time maybe um but uh like i say good problem to have maybe we'll still be talking about these movies in january like ultimately who cares if we're if we're talking about interesting shit which is always a good thing um but yeah that was episode 323 thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone I never could, and how could I start that?